episode 10 of the Beginning by Thinking show. Now, something I'd like to start off by saying is there's no there's no sort of special episode planned for this. So there's going to be no sort of eloquent scripted episode. This is just going to be another sort of casual sit down and relax podcast. And you would think that I'd do some kind of special episode for episode 10 because it's this sort of a uh, milestone going into double digits now but then i'm i'm equally thinking that in in no time there's going to be episode 20 and there's going to be episode 30 you know so i just don't see the point in um doing some kind of special scripted episode i was planning one um i was planning quite a nice one actually but i, I was reading through it sort of yesterday uh, making little additions it's near completion but i'm not quite proud of it um so that that's my sort of one little escape goat for for perfection is are those sort of tiny short little scripted podcasts because god what are these these are these are just sort of um long drivel from me but yeah i'm i i have had a few things in the planning i'm trying to sort of organize a few interviews and that you know um but we just have to wait. No special episode for episode 10, as I said. So apologies for that. But we're just going to sit here and have a chill time. You know, whatever you want to talk about, we're going to talk about. Though we can't really because you're not here right now. And this has probably been recorded a few days before it's been released. Uh, so what are we going to talk about? One thing I, I thought would be good to talk about is... Uh, what's happened in UK politics, or for me, politics in general. I say UK politics as I know I have sort of um, a few American listeners, a few Swedish listeners, and Australian. Sort of, dude, it's so awesome if you're listening to this from another country. It's so cool. I love the fact that someone from somewhere else that I'd have to take a plane ride over to see is listening to this podcast, listening to me speak right now. Uh, shout out to you if you're if you're listening to another country, you know, awesome. But UK politics. So the Labour uh, Labour Party have elected a new leader, the successor to Jeremy Corbyn, who has left a complete disastrous minefield over the Labour uh, Party. And it's sort of been doomed forever for a long time um, after he had his landslide loss to Boris Johnson. And and I've sort of been trying to rack my brain as to how, how on earth the Labour Party would ever stabilise itself and become a credible, sensible party. And I've been looking at the uh, the leaders. Well, now we have the leader of the Labour Party, and it's Keir Starmer. But I was looking at the the uh, sort of runners-up to Keir Starmer, who were Rebecca Long-Bailey and Lisa uh, Lisa Nandy, I think. Lisa Nandy, I think her name is. And I was listening to them both. I was listening to them both uh, speaking on, on interviews and LBC and things which is a, a radio show in the UK, if you didn't know. And they just sounded so so rough around the edges. They were very young. Um, 
They weren't very articulate. I'm not going to say they weren't intelligent because I'm sure there's other fields of intelligence and who am I to define one's intelligence? Uh, it'd be stupid of me to call someone dumb just out of the blue like that, especially when they clo came close to being the leader of the country. Uh, they, they have to have some form of wits about them if they, they want to become leader, you know. Uh, but it, it seemed from the get-go to me that Keir Starmer would be the be the leader because he's he's almost like he's the only one who can um sort of properly form a a a, a sentence that a leader would say if you understand what i mean but i think this dude is gonna is gonna find himself in a world of pain with with uh with what he's done i don't know whether this was a sort of a quick opportunity for someone to pounce on on the idea of being a leader because it's in such a state right now, it's almost like, um, it reminds me of uh, that person who buys a, a really shitty second-hand old Ferrari, just to go around saying, oh yeah, I own a Ferrari, man, yeah, I'm the leader of the Labour Party, yeah, that's what I kind of, it could be a possibility, I don't know, um, what I think is going to happen, and this is probably the most sensible thing for Keir Starmer to do it's not the most respectable thing but it's probably the most sensible thing is that I, I honestly believe he's going to be um, and I want to articulate this properly this is unedited unscripted so there's going to be some sort of rough cuts rough patches here because I'm just speaking to myself in front of the microphone uh, so what's he going to do I, I, I think that he's going to um, sort of hide behind a blanket of coronavirus and that sounds like a crazy sentence, I know. But let me try and explain that. Let me try and explain what I mean. I, I don't think you'll be hearing many of his policies and many of his aspirations and goals. Um, I think what he'll be doing is he'll be purely talking about the coronavirus, saying how we need to prioritise the people, uh, we need to we need to help everybody. Everybody needs support. All of these things, and I I think that's just pure poetry. It doesn't. It's it's words with no substance. It it doesn't have any um, meaning behind it, you know. And I've been sort of reading some articles on on Google. I just looked up new Labour leader and just seeing the the first sort of news stories that pop up. It's probably is the best way to um, actually find what's what's uh properly happening in the mainstream right now so uh, the the third article i saw was new labor leader keir starmer vows to work with boris johnson uh with the battle against coronavirus and i think that's uh very good news and it's a uh, if true and it depends on what your definition of work with is but if it's genuine support and it's um banding together and not sort of secret hugging but stabbing in the back uh, type work with, if you know what I mean, then that would be a step in the right direction for the Labour Party. I think he can't expect to win the next term. I think that's near impossible, no matter what he does. I think the, 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 the current landslide that the Tory government have just makes it out of sight to have the next election won. But the one after that could be the, the time for the Labour Party to recover. Now, the current Labour Party, I am no fan of. 
I really don't like. Um, I think it's uh, sort of has been the most chaotic party that I've seen in my lifetime, apart from maybe the the, the Tony Blair era. Uh, but but just just let's look at Diane Abbott alone, right? Diane Abbott is the uh, shadow home secretary of the Labour Party who was under Jeremy Corbyn's cabinet. And when she was uh, canvassing votes during the last election, she actually arrived to the polling station with two left-footed shoes on. So there were two different shoes, and they were both left-footed, right? And this woman would be in charge of national security, would be in charge of the criminal justice system and the police, and she can't even do her shoes properly. You know, I mean, <laughs> just let that sink in. She can't even do her shoes properly. I mean, I'll make the occasional spelling mistake on the description of podcasts and things. I'll, I might even mispronounce a word. Mispronounce? Yeah, mispronounce a word. I might even falsely articulate a sentence. I might even make I might even make a sentence that doesn't, doesn't make sense, you know? I'd never go out. Wearing two left shoes that that are different shoes. I mean, that just seems a bit silly, doesn't it? Right? And another person who's resigned is John McDonnell. Now, John McDonnell is one of of these very spiteful, angry people who, who don't want to really look for change as such. They more want to look for a fight. So in the House of Commons, he was just shouting at people. Um, and it, there were sort of war-like words being exchanged. Rather than a group collaboration, it was, you're wrong, you're never going to be right, you're the worst person in history, stand down right now and let the Labour government be in charge. And that even happened from the Tory government. It was sort of, um, the House of Commons um, reminds me a little bit of... Uh, a bunch of 11-year-olds getting in a boxing arena and then just starting fighting each other. You know, if you ever want an entertaining day, right, and the boxing's not on or something, then just tune in to the UK Parliament Live. They're so noisy, they're like kids, it's very stressful, very uh, frantic, and there's, there's, no, there's no space for real collaboration, right? You know, one thing I've I've noticed with this um, virus going on is there's been much less talk on on the really rubbish, pointless problems, which um, the sort of the very tiny, small, dominant social groups of of the woke brigade brigade sort of uh, put forward. Like um, nobody's been arguing about gender pronouns with this uh, coronavirus going on. Nobody's been um, looking at these very stupid little silly tiny things uh, whilst people have been in actual threat and it just goes to show to me that these problems aren't real problems they're people getting bored and they're people sort of um i don't know they're trying to make the worst out of a good situation and the 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 Jeremy Corbyn's labor party was full of that it was full of the the tiny little issues that were preventing any form of change. Um, 
and I'm and I, this is going to sound like I'm a sort of like a proud conservative. I'm I'm not. Um, all it is is I just think that Jeremy Corbyn's government has been so atrocious, and has not represented labour or labour rights at all. You know, um, you know, if if I were to try and summarise my political opinion, I would be sort of going, hmm, yeah, this part I agree with the Conservatives, but then Labour raise a good point here, and this sort of crosses with my ethics. I'm I'm, I'm a relatively ethical person. There's a few sort of um, controversial opinions I have, uh, and I know, and occasionally I joke around with those controversial opinions. Uh, and I'm talking about my opinion of vegans, by the way. Nasty little vegans. I, I am sort of joking about that. I just don't like the, the vegans that tell me I have to eat vegan food. They annoy me. Come on. You, you know that, they, that they're annoying. There was this article I read, right? Well, I didn't read, but my friend showed me. My friend sent it to me, and I, I took like a, a brief skim read of it. And I feel like this is so outrageous that it deserves its own uh, podcast. But I'm gonna sort of, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of read it from memory at the minute. But I'm just trying to find it on my phone real quick. And it was about the uh, gulag, right? which was the nasty uh, concentration camp which the communists uh, used. Just like uh, the Nazis had Auschwitz, the communists had um, the Gulag. So it was a trans rights activist, and she said the Gulag was an educational institution where people played sports and did theatre, and they sort of made it sound like a, a really lovely school. So let me just try and... I don't want to pause the podcast, but I'm not going to keep you waiting here, so I'm just going to close my phone. But it was it was sort of on those lines, you know? Um, and that really frustrated me. It frustrated me so much that I sort of started planning my own podcast on it. And then I thought, is, is, it, is it worth releasing this? Is, is, this uh, is this content really what I want to be producing? And I, I sort of recorded it, listened through it. I didn't really like it, um, so I sort of used it as a uh, educational sort of standpoint for me. So I just kind of want to. I, I sort of wish that this this person who has sort of praised one of the worst groups in history, and and modern history as well. You know, the communists killed a total of. A hundred million people. You know, that's even more than the Nazis. And the Nazis were gruesome, barbaric people. And she's saying that, that one of the worst of the worst camps, where so many people died, um, had a great time. And they were enriched by it. You know, I was listening to uh, the Gulag Archipelago, um, my, my little audio book I've been banging on about pretty much every podcast now. And Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the uh, the author of the book, was sort of... Um, his, his son, who was the narrator, he was going into the detail of the prison cells, right? And he painted this really horrible picture. Right? He said, imagine a small box that you could only fit three people in, and they were shoulder to shoulder, squeezed together. 
a tiny little box and no mattresses, no toilets, no sanitary products, nothing, just this tiny little box. And then they squeezed five people in there. They had to sleep there. They, they, they had to bend their knees because the box was too short. And they were there all day. I mean, that if that doesn't drive a human insane, I don't know what does. That that seems like the definition of cruelty to me. And uh, for for someone to have the audacity to to actually go out and say that these were educational institutions, just I don't know. It, it questions my um, my my hard set opinion on freedom of speech because I've always always believed that that you should never no platform somebody you know a lot of the uh the the left want to i say a lot of the left I, it, it sounds like i'm against the left i'm not i i in a lot of my opinions i side with the left i'm i'm talking about today's left the radicals the uh i'm going to i'm going to refer to them as uh the the woke okay just because i've had enough of using the word left because i know there's so many reasonable liberal thinkers out there and there are so many absolutely amazing liberal thinkers and there are some incredible conservative thinkers as well um and, and i don't want it to sound like i'm against someone i'm against the radical of any of anything really there's n there's no good radical out there um so so the woke if if the woke are, are so happy to criticize something that was so cruel it, it does make me um it, it makes me question my ethics and i know that i know the woke like no platforming um because they sort of like putting their ridiculous point forward then hiding behind a cover of their their speech you know where you can't even say anything to respond because if you do you're going against the grain and if you go against the grain then oh my god every single thing you've done online has been cancelled and your whole career has been ruined, right? Which is why I love this phase of the podcast at the minute. Because what career do I have to be ruined? I can sort of say anything I like right now. And I'm sure as time progresses, opinions will change on certain things. And I may even look back on certain things and say, <laughs> why'd you get annoyed at that, man? You know? Um, but but right now, my, my sort of my heart is set in the the absolute war zone thick of it where you're challenging these these people who don't even want you to speak um and and they give uh, i was listening to an oxford union debate on no platforming right and this uh this girl was saying and she was she was arguing for no platforming which no platforming is when you um don't give anybody a platform to speak so if if someone were to get in contact with me uh, and say, hey, I would like to talk about um, this topic. And I say, no, I don't want you talking about this topic because it's too it's too controversial for my, my podcast. And in some cases, it's fair. Fair enough. If you're doing like a child's podcast and you want to go into a conversation about, you know, abortion or or other controversial topics, then it's completely understandable. But in places of open discussion and open debate, these things can't 
can't have people put ideas forward and no one's allowed to give any rebuttals because they they can't stand the idea of being proven wrong you know and there this this lady's main argument for no platforming was um the was an adolf hitler argument so she said that adolf hitler essentially rose to power and then no platformed um and and he wasn't no platformed right so he could have someone like adolf hitler could have been no platformed and none of this nonsense could have happened right and you think oh great we could have prevented hitler <laughs> let's let's go for no platforming in the future so we don't we don't have this moment happen again in history but when if you look at what actually happened you'll realize that hitler no platformed other people so he went around just constantly putting his point forward, then hiding behind his shield of charismatic speech um, and not letting anybody have a response. He became, he sort of became the woke of, of that time. Um, and then he rose to power and did all of his um, macabre, disgusting things. And it sort of just it seems it seems sort of stupid to to, to uh, restrict someone's freedom of speech. It seems like it's the most vital thing we have to say what we like when we like, no questions asked. But when I when I sort of see these sort of horrifying opinions and knowing that someone in real life actually thinks that that a concentration camp like the Gulag was a good thing. And someone who stands up for, you know, a, a, a relatively righteous cause as well. It just takes out all, all sort of any valid point that that this trans activist make makes in the future. And you know, she should be no platformed. But then, you know, I think my 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 will for freedom of speech overpowers that. And I, I think it's okay she can make the comment, but I, I almost wish that she could experience um, what the gulag was actually like, you know. Anyway, I'm gonna I'll send a uh, I'll send some form of an article on my Instagram, um, sort of relating to the podcast. And the Instagram is beginning underscore by underscore thinking. I kind of feel a bit bad for covering. The Labour Party and the Gulag in the same <laughs> in the same podcast. I don't want you to to think there is any sort of slim connotation between the two, though Jeremy Corbyn's government was neo-Marxist. He wasn't in he wasn't in Gulag territory, so I don't want you thinking there's any sort of um, uh, link that I'm making or trying to brainwash people into thinking that. Uh, labor's the worst ever thing in the world full stop i think there could be sort of some signs of hope for them and it was sort of two separate subjects that i wanted to cover on this podcast because i can because these are this is what this podcast here for you know god that was a great sentence this is what this podcast here for brilliant job man i could never be a leader as you could see i can't even say a sentence properly at times but I have been speaking for like 24 minutes solid, so I guess you could sort of understand. But yeah, I'll wrap it up here. I'm going to wish you all the best of luck and the best of safety. Uh, 
and hope you stay inside and uh, stay strong through this virus. I know it seems so dark and grim and horrible right now, but at some point in time, things will get better and uh, we'll be able to return to normal life as usual. Okay. Have a great night, everybody, or a great day. Whenever you're listening to this, just have a great time. Bye.